Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-host, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Well, guys, today we are doing another very highly anticipated case, and there are so many turns and twists, I don't even know if we're going to be able to cover it in just one episode. So expect a part two here soon, just not sure exactly when. Most of the time when we go into a case, we really just don't know much about it until we start doing the investigation. Yes, this one being one of those cases, we are basically going to be taking our time, and if it goes into another episode, you know, it is what it is. The perfectionist in me is going to have to deal with it. There's multiple parts of this case, so we're going to talk about the first initial situation that took place. On July 5th of 2015, Crystal Rogers was reported missing by her mother after she had not been seen or heard from since the evening of July 3rd of 2015. The same day Rogers was reported missing, her car was found abandoned with a flat tire at mile marker 14 on the Bluegrass Parkway in Bardstown, Kentucky. Yes, it was unheard of. She had five children, including a two-year-old little boy. At the time of her disappearance, the 35-year-old mother of five was living with her boyfriend, Brooks, their two-year-old son, and her other children. Hawk was the last person known to have seen her, stating she was on her phone playing games at their home when he went to bed. She was gone the next morning when he woke up and the car was not in the driveway. Imagine I go missing and the police come to you and say that. Uh, You clearly wouldn't be missing for more than an hour before I would tear down the entire country looking for you. My point exactly. Two days later, on July 5th, Crystal's 2007 Chevrolet was found parked with a flat tire. The keys were still in the ignition and her purse and her cell phone were also found inside the vehicle. She was officially reported missing by her mother, though, Sherry Ballard, the same day. Right away, I keep hearing loudly, wasn't me. She is showing me that she never, ever in her life would have gotten in her vehicle at that point during her disappearance. And she's telling me it was all staged. This story definitely is getting weirder and weirder. So Crystal's family was very vocal about their suspicion of Brooks Huck having some sort of involvement in Roger's disappearance early in the case. In an interview, Crystal's sister said Brooks had not offered once to search or help or do anything for the family. I already felt that the boyfriend was super suspicious right away the moment I heard that she was just playing games on her phone. It is absolutely super suspicious. It's almost like he knew they would find nothing, and if they did, he wanted to be able to have the option to run away. When July 8th rolled around, Brooks was brought in by the Nelson County Sheriff's Office for questioning. Nick Hawk, Brooks's brother, he was also a Bardstown police officer, called mid-interview and told him not to speak with the police. I mean, yeah. A police brother defending him and having access to stop the interview. The next day, Nick was called in to testify in front of a grand jury, which led police to suspect that he had involvement in the disappearance. It was at this time that Nick stopped cooperating with the sheriff's office. However, he did agree to a polygraph test after being interviewed by the uh, Kentucky State Police. Nick finally took a polygraph test on July 20th after being contacted by the FBI. The examiner expressed grave concerns about the results with Bardstown Police Chief McCubbin. On October 16, 2015, 
Nick was fired from the police department and Brooks was officially named a suspect in the case. Definitely a good call by the Bardstown Police Department. Unlike Teresa Hallback's case, they were not willing to go down with him. I mean, yes, his behavior was very concerning, but he was a police officer and he crossed many lines in this case alone. I also feel like this is not Nick's first offense at causing problems in his work environment. I feel like he's constantly crossing the lines and not following protocol or procedures. So I think this was like the last nail in the coffin. He definitely gives off serial killer vibe. I agree. The devils become law enforcement and that's a scary type of power. What I found weird myself was that the car was given back and it looks like there was no tests done. Do you know if the car had any tests done? I do not feel like the car was tested at all except the one print. So because the state of Kentucky is limited on the amount of evidence, who would have known that better than a police officer? The FBI couldn't have, you know, done something more. Uh, the police work was very lacking, but I feel like it's kind of like that over in that area, even now. Yeah, definitely not enough evidence, or at least enough evidence that was submitted. Tommy, her father, was the biggest detective in the case. He may have survived. That part was even more heartbreaking. This incredibly wonderful man looking for some answers about what happened to his baby girl. On the morning of November 19th, 2016, 16 months after Crystal's disappearance, her 54-year-old father, Tommy Ballard, was shot to death. He had been hunting on his private property with his 12-year-old grandson, Roger's oldest son. He had been shot only once in the chest. Police have cleared the grandson of foul play and have also ruled out suicide as Tommy's gun was never fired. This poor, poor family. They already lost their daughter. Her dad knew a few things for sure. I definitely don't believe that he accidentally died. Do you feel this to be an accidental death? Not at all. The killers in this case definitely killed him. The same killers. I also feel like there was definitely two killers in this situation. Well, she went shopping at Walmart. And, you know, that was a very common thing for Crystal to do. And she shows me this particular afternoon, she was actually preparing for something much larger in the evening. Neighbors seen her putting groceries into the house around 5 p.m., can Crystal confirm if this part of the story is accurate? Yes, she shows me that she was just doing her normal routine, which was taking care of the entire household, including the chores and cooking and cleaning. And she was, of course, loading the home with groceries at that time. I even believe that there had been a small interaction, nothing major, but perhaps a smile and nod, even a wave to that neighbor. You had mentioned a few moments ago that she was preparing for something much larger. Do you know what that was? I absolutely do. She said that she was really over this relationship. She was going to be letting Brooks know that she was going to be ending the relationship. And from what she shows me, she wanted to be honest and truthful. She said she wanted him to know that she wouldn't keep him from seeing the kids. And there were a lot of things she was preparing to talk to him about. I feel like it was a long time coming. I feel like she was preparing this conversation for quite some time, probably a few months. She had been in this kind of toxic relationship before and basically realized that she was in this situation again. 
Her kids were again not being treated properly. Even her ex was not as bad as she allowed Brooks to get away with when it comes to behavior. Now, she's showing me he did have moments where he was, you know, pretty good to her. She shows me that she was pretty afraid of him a lot of the time. And Brooks had like a major temper and she couldn't handle it. I believe that he had a couple of like addictions too. I definitely feel like the drinking 100% of the time was one of those addictions. She shows me that he was a bit of an angry drunk. She actually says that a lot of the family members were big on drinking, but there was another addiction that was also hidden even from Crystal. Crystal shows me that one day, maybe two weeks beforehand, she caught him doing drugs with his brother. And I don't mean like regular everyday kind of marijuana and even cocaine. It seemed a little bit heavier. She shows me that she decided in that moment not to confront him. She shows me that she left the situation when she had seen it and she decided to think things through. She also indicated that there was some sort of connection to a pretty well-known drug dealer. I feel like she was scared of all of it. She started to put two and two and two together and she started to make sense of what was going on. She shows me that she never knew of any of these things, but she did overhear Nick and Brooks talking constantly about certain situations and all the stuff going on in Bardstown. So she started to see things unfold with Brooks and Nick, and she started to put two and two together that they were all working together. Now, from what I get from her, Nick didn't have any boundaries from his brother. He was constantly around, always inviting himself over, and he actually treated her like shit too. So she had seen something concerning and scared of how to approach it. So then what happens next? She shows me that she thought about this for a couple of weeks and how to go about moving herself out of this situation. She said that Brooks and her had made a pact at the beginning of the relationship that if they decided they wanted out of the relationship, they needed to be honest with each other. In my opinion, it's a manipulation tactic to control her. I definitely agree with that. This guy is extremely calculated and very sneaky and slimy. Well, she shows me that she was done and she was going to be leaving him and she wanted to be able to announce it that day. And her plan was to go home and talk to Brooks and then talk to her family and potentially staying with one of her family members for the time being. I mean, most likely he was going to try to kick her out or cause her some other issues or problems, I can see why she would just want to go to her mom's just to stay safe. Exactly. She feels like it was the biggest mistake she made, which is not sending all of this information beforehand, at least to somebody. She hated disappointing and making her mom sad because there were a lot of problems already transpiring. So she didn't want to add that extra stress on her mom's shoulders. She didn't want to break the news to her mother until she knew she absolutely certainly had to be there. So I'm assuming things did not go the way that she was hoping or anticipating. You're not wrong there. She shows me that it was extremely escalated. They were fighting harder than they ever fought before because as soon as she started to bring it up to him, she was actually fairly calm and collective and she wanted to make sure that he was okay and in an okay mood because she's like an energy reader and she knows when and when not to approach people. And from what she shows me, he was in a pretty good mood. 
She didn't fully come out and accuse him of anything. She said she noticed something odd in his behavior. He was drinking a lot. He's hanging out with his brother a lot. There were just many, many things that she was just listing off, basically indicating all of her stressors. And she says that she didn't really even blame him. She said she knows life is hard and she'll never take his kid away and that she was walking away from the relationship. A pretty mature conversation. Although this is a sad thing, normal people would be overly emotional when a breakup is coming, but when you do it with a narcissist or somebody who has a much darker past, they always want the last word or the last say. Absolutely. In that moment, things got heated. Now, I don't necessarily feel like he had spent a lot of time in his relationship beating on her. But this particular time, things escalated very quickly. I even feel like her son was there through all of this going on. And he definitely made some threats about hurting him. Uh, He didn't hurt him, though. And from what I can see, they screamed and yelled at each other. And she just basically had enough of this asshole. He did punch her in the eye. He had scratched her too. And also she did fight back. She said her daddy didn't raise a wussy. Was anyone else around when this was going on? At the time, it was just the three of them. Now, I don't quite get a clear picture on this side of things, but I'll give it the little pieces I have. She was alive in the house and she shows me she was still alive in the house. She shows me that he became more and more aggressive with her physically and she had made threats about keeping him away from the kids if he continued to behave like that. I believe that's kind of when he lost complete control. I am unsure if she was hurt at the house or if she was hurt at the farm. I know for a fact that at some point she was in a trunk and that was only for a short period of time. I do not feel like she had been killed at this point either. When he had placed her in the trunk of her vehicle, I feel like his son was strapped in the car seat and the two of them proceeded to go to the farm. I do not know exactly where she was killed. She shows me that she was shot and I believe she was unconscious when it happened. Does she know who killed her? From what I can see, by the time she was killed, it was no longer just Brooks. I feel as though Nick kept pushing him to kill her. She shows me she could hear what he was saying. She said she may have been unconscious, but she could hear them fighting. She said she can hear Brooks crying. I also feel like Nick explained to him that she was a bad woman and she was going to take him down. She was the enemy and that he had to kill her. I believe he hesitated for quite a bit of time. And I see that Nick really pushed him to take care of business. The other thing I feel as well is while the two of them were going back and forth fighting, Brooks and Crystal, that is, she had said something like he had some active connection to somebody in a drug ring. Did anyone else have any involvement or they see anything? I feel like a few people from his family know and I feel like they were neighbors, but mostly passerbyers. But I really honestly feel like everyone is too damn scared. A lot of people know things and they don't want to talk about it, including with where her remains are. I feel like the family have some suspicion on where her body is. Who was a person who ultimately killed Crystal? It was definitely Brooks who pulled the trigger. 
Do you remember the part in the interview with Brooks where he started to get emotional because he didn't know if he was going to be able to raise his son in the same way she had? Yes. It, it was kind of as close to a confession as he's ever going to come, if I'm going to be honest. Crystal pointed me in that direction, too. That's the only thing he felt guilty about was raising his son without his son having a mother to give him that unconditional love that he lacks himself. So do we know where her body was put? Well, from what I can gather, they definitely have evidence that her body was placed near the farm. I don't necessarily feel like the entire body was placed there. I also feel like her body was tied down to something, maybe in a trunk or something along those lines. But I feel like the body is also in something else too, maybe a garbage bag in this trunk. I feel like this trunk was also filled with like lots and lots of dirt, even chains around it. I can tell you this, there is a third person involved at the minimum. It's unclear who they are. They do have some sort of relation to Crystal, but not somebody she spent a lot of time with. But this person also knows where to hide bodies and basically how to do it well. So someone that both the brothers had a relationship with. Someone that encouraged him to go for being a sheriff because they wanted to have a sheriff under their belt to be able to have access to everything else, to avoid getting caught with their drug-related dealings, even more so and more so. The man was involved with Eli, a birthday party, a baby christening. He's also a well-respected person in the community from what I gather, but far enough away from the spotlight that not everybody can kind of make a speculation of him. I feel like he is in and around the age of 40, at least at the time of her disappearance. Did her father Tommy know this man? Yes. The entire family does know him and have like kind of broken bread with him in the past. He doesn't do any of the dirty work. He has a bunch of minions that do it, including the inmate that kind of came forward. I agree with that. The inmate definitely had some sort of connection to all of the crimes. But why is he coming forward? What is in it for him? I feel like he was trying to turn a corner and at the very least release some of his demons. I think he has a lot of things he's keeping within and it's sad, but I think he's a huge key, basically a primary witness that can assist with an extraordinary amount of evidence and key information to assist this case heavily. All right. So who took Crystal's car? Well, of course, these individuals, like I had mentioned before, they didn't take her entire body. I think they only took a portion of it, perhaps her legs and arms and torso, but maybe her neck and head placed somewhere else, some sort of burning device. I don't necessarily believe it to be a burn pit, but like they had looked at, but I do feel like it may be something else somewhere else. But either way, Crystal shows me that the car was driven by Nick and Brooks was driving the grandmother's car as indicated, which is also believed to have had evidence in it. But I feel like most of it was taken away. I feel like the guys did a fairly thorough job of cleaning it out, including the third man. And of course, just leaving her car there with all of that stuff to make it look like she had been kidnapped. Nick assured Brooks that he would get away with it because he would help him out. 
And they also had a couple of other people attached to law enforcement that could potentially mess with the DNA that they may have had. Because I feel like there were some samples that were tampered with during the investigation by this corrupt police officer. I also feel like this police officer was a friend of Nick's. And I feel like he also gave Nick some of the inside scoop of what was going on in the investigation to give them a heads up. I also do not feel like this particular police officer was directly involved in the case. I think he just snooped around after everybody was done. What was in it for Nick then and this other police officer? Like, why were they doing this? Crystal shows me that she could at least vouch that Brooks in this particular moment, he stayed away from a lot of the nonsense, but then his brother pushed him constantly to get involved. And because he wasn't doing very well financially, there was like a bargain to bring in more cash. That's if he worked for the payroll, of course. He was only invited because he was going to be a potential asset. Hence why he wanted to be a sheriff. They would pay him, keep his mouth shut, be able to pretend as though things weren't going on. The other police officers also got paid, and so did Nick. Gotta love the dirty cops. Sadly, this is where my fear of law enforcement comes from. There are so many amazing police officers out there. I personally had my own reading recently with doing one on a police officer, and they were the most delightful one I had ever encountered in my entire life. And then you have this kind of garbage, which is what puts a bad taste in everybody's mouth for all of law enforcement. Absolutely. The state trooper that pulled you over and took you out of the car and then brought you into his car. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there was a police dog in the back of that van growling at me like I was a criminal. Uh, he was pretty nice, but super confused on my story. Yes, because apparently traveling around cross country is confusing. All you did was slightly go over the line, like just a little bit. I also wanted to mention he was following me for a while, making me super nervous. Yeah, they do that. The only time you drove the entire time for maybe 40 minutes. <laughs> anyway, still freaks me out to this day. So is that what Crystal had found out about? I absolutely 100% believe that it is exactly what she had found out about. As soon as she confessed to Brooks that she knew something, he knew right then and there that his loyalty to his little gang was more important than the life of his son's mom. He couldn't trust her to keep it quiet because her family were goody two-shoes in his eyes. Always the kind of family he wanted, to be honest. I already have a feeling that the call that Nick made to Brooks while he was in the interrogation room was planned and staged. Can you confirm anything or any details of what took place over there? So a lot of people will ask me questions on how I can get details about things when spirits weren't necessarily present when it happened. Crystal shows me what is going on, but I'm also a psychic and I can channel people that are currently living and see if I can feel any sort of vibes about their thoughts or things happening or that did happen. When people come to me, normally they already have visions of what they want me to talk about. I usually get those visions on my end right away, and I usually cover all those topics because I can hear their thoughts out loud. When something traumatic happens to somebody's life, whether it is good or bad, I can still see it. In fact, one thing I really hate is I can hear people talking shit about me. I don't like it. It makes me want to go run and hide and tell whoever it is off. <laughs> Obviously, not random people, but people I know or have met or have some sort of relationship with. Yes, thank you for explaining that. As some people get very confused about things. 
To furthermore your question, yes, absolutely. The phone call was 100% staged. But I do feel as though Nick had said something like, if you were there for a certain period of time, it becomes more than just questioning. They're going to interrogate you, so you better get out of there. If you're not out of there by 7 o'clock, I'm calling you. I also feel like the third person involved, which there may also be a fourth person, but I don't feel this fourth person being too attached to any case. I think this person's like a go-between, maybe a communication over the phone. I'm not sure. But I feel like they spent a lot of time communicating and trying to figure things out. They also decided to reconvene after this particular interrogation to make sure that they covered all bases. I even feel like Nick made him say things out loud. Talk about how you're innocent. Talk about how you didn't do this. Talk about how this is inconveniencing you. And of course, Brooks made one small mistake and Nick was pretty unhappy. I actually feel like the other person involved, we'll call him Ted for now, was also unhappy about it and accidentally named Nick as the person who he was communicating with. He was supposed to say something like another family member, but they weren't supposed to know it was Nick because they needed Nick to be kind of off the radar. You know what I mean? But anyways, because Brooks called him out, they didn't have time to kind of prepare Nick for any sort of polygraph-related thing. Apparently, they spent hours and hours upon hours trying to learn how to fake a lie detector test. I believe this to be way back when. It looks as though they have been practicing these for a while. This is very heavily invested. It's almost as if Crystal was more of a recent case of the situation. Exactly, which means that they know exactly what they're doing and exactly what to do to make sure that they make minimal mistakes. The inmate that reached out to Stephanie on the documentary, he sent her to a location and then he said that her body was dismembered. Was her body dismembered there at that location? It absolutely was, and I feel like there are still parts of her body in this particular garage before it burned down. I also feel like there were a few pieces of evidence as well, and a few other people that were getting too close to knowing information, including Tommy. But with Tommy, he didn't realize that he had stumbled upon it, which breaks my heart even more. This man was literally sitting there thinking of his daughter, knowing that the police were doing fuck all with this case, except keeping all the evidence just in case the killer one day falls on their lap. Do you think when Crystal was showing you that her head was inside something else that was burning, that it was like inside that shed? on fire burning it could definitely very well be yeah so anyways tommy was just spending some time with his grandchild who had just you know lost his mother trying to give him some sort of normal life absolutely and of course his heart would ache every morning because you know it was another morning without his daughter and he was not going to rest until he found out what happened to her i think i feel as though nick was getting extremely paranoid about him Everybody else was letting things die down, including the police officers, but not Tommy. Tommy was also encouraging everyone else to be super involved, which is really who led everybody, including his own son, which I believe his own son also had a lot of regret because he wasn't there that day. I think he wishes he had been shot instead. So sad. None of these people should have lost their lives one way or another. I know that this may seem obvious, but who was the one who shot Tommy? Well, it looks as though Tommy's murder was also something planned for a while. Obviously, Brooks had been around enough to know the routine. He knew that he loved going hunting, especially at a certain time of day. And Brooks decided that this would be the best way to kill him. 
I feel like he's not as good of a shot as his brother Nick would be. So I believe Nick was the one who actually would be the one to kill Tommy. I also feel like this Ted character was also highly influential on this situation. And these three individuals continue to become more and more paranoid about what they had planned to do next. Even with knowing that they could potentially have these two murders connected and basically give them more evidence, they were really worried that killing him was the better option. Did they know he had stumbled upon any evidence? I feel like he had some face-to-face interaction with this Ted character. I feel like Ted felt as though he was being threatened by Tommy. I feel as though Tommy tried to talk to every single person he could talk to, and he would try to guilt them into seeing if they would give him some sort of reaction. And it looks like he found his culprit without even realizing it. Did Tommy suspect him before he passed away? I feel like he wrote about this particular character and the information is definitely in his box. Maybe some sort of log on this particular person being involved in the investigation and also being there to look for Crystal. So he definitely had a little concern about certain comments this guy would make. He definitely did not believe him or trust him in any capacity, and he found them to be very shifty and snake-like. I don't believe he knew that this particular man had a good relationship with Nick and Brooks, though. So Nick decided to kill him and then just run off? Pretty much. And from what I gather, he knew exactly who killed him. I feel like he had seen him right before he got killed. He knew that something was coming. He just felt it. He always knew how capable of murder this man was, especially all the stories he had heard all over town about Nick and his own moments with their civilians, you know, while on duty as police officers. And he had also seen some flashing lights before he was shot as well. So we still have quite a bit to get through on this particular case. There's so much to uncover. There's many different things that we still even have to talk about with Crystal. Also, we got more to talk about Tommy. And there are other people who also were killed in this particular situation that we have yet to even touch on. But we will do so in the next episode. Keep in mind, guys, the next episode is going to be pretty difficult to hear. There will be a lot of gruesome details. We have decided that part two of Crystal Rogers' episode will be on the exclusive side. We do not have a release date as of yet, and we will talk about things in detail there, and you guys definitely won't want to miss this one. We did have one more question that we wanted to ask before we end this episode, and that is, will this case finally get solved now that the FBI have gotten their hands on it? Absolutely will, without a doubt. There will be resolution, not for just her case, And her dad's case, even for the police officer, Jason, whom we will also cover in the next episode, there will be a huge trial. There will be a lot of evidence brought forward. There are going to be other people that get called out. It's going to be a wild ride. And then when everything is said and done, I feel like a movie may even be brought forward about all the shifty things going on in Bardstown. There will also be some sort of justice for Crystal. And yes, we will get closure. And yes, I also believe that her body will be found. It could have been found already. I do believe what they found may potentially be partially her body. I keep getting acknowledgement that there will be major closure in this case. I'm very excited to hear uh, the rest of the details. 
Now, don't forget, guys, in order for you to be able to listen to the next episode, which we have yet to release the date, so please make sure to tune in and follow us on our Facebook group so that you can get all of the updates. But once we release it, we'll let you guys know, and you can sign up for the patron side because, again, that is where this second episode is going to be, guys, is on the patron side. So you'll have to have that to have access to listen. Absolutely, and that Facebook group is called Freaked Out Podcast. Next week, guys, we will be covering the episode of Whitney Houston and Bobby Christina, her daughter. This will also be a pretty emotional episode, so make sure to bring your tissues. I've already started working on it. Until next time, guys, stay freaked out.